Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with Jackie Honig. This morning, as we heard, is Shabbat Nachamu. Um, we're sitting in this moment this past Sunday. We commemorated Tisha B'Av, the day, this day of collective brokenness and grief. Um, and we're sitting in this sort of arc between Tisha B'Av and Rosh Hashanah. We're looking a little bit back on where we're coming from, ahead to where we're going. Um, and we're sitting in this period of collective grief. Um, and this, for me, feels really timely, having just lost my father and sitting in this moment um, of Shloshim, of at the end of Shloshim and what's next and what's coming next and how to do this. So it feels like really parallel and what I'm going to talk about is a little bit of collective grief and a little bit of individual grief and and you should, l- looking around and what I know of people here, you should apply it however it feels most appropriate in your own life, individual, collective, communal. Um, we're we're going to talk about a little bit where we've come from and then we're going to move forward. Um, so on the source sheet, um, we have two quotes um, about where we might be feeling sometime between last week and this week. Um, one, the first from Rabbi Yitz Greenberg. Thus, the sense of doom and grief builds up before the day actually arrives. He's talking here about Tisha B'Av and a little bit touching on what makes it different than individual grief. The day of destruction is a culmination of the grief. But immediately thereafter, since nothing can be done to prevent the tragedy from happening, the psychological balance shifts toward the renewal of life. So he's speaking here that the minute Tisha B'Av is over, in some ways we get up and we move towards consolation immediately. There's no Shloshim, there's no Shiva, there's no Shloshim, there's no Kaddish. We just sort of move forward. And then Rabbi Alan Luz, who wrote the book, um, This is Real and You're Completely Unprepared, has a little bit maybe of a different thought or a parallel thought. Tisha B'Av has a hot tip for us. Take the suffering, take the loss, turn toward it, embrace it, let the walls come down. So I'm going to turn it to you. What do you what do you think of these two quotes? Are they different ways of looking at it the same? Does one resonate more or less? Where does this where does this sit on your heart in this moment? You can raise your hand and share. You can yell it out. I can stand here and look uncomfy while no one answers. Whatever we all want. Oh, AJ, thanks. So AJ thinks that the two are sort of they're in a particular order on the source sheet, which I will admit is the order of no particular order. Um, but the, AJ would, would suggest to flip them, to say that Rabbi Lou is for that immediate moment, in that moment, take the suffering, and then Rabbi Greenberg is a little bit later. Once you've taken the suffering, then you can shift. Fran? Yeah, so Fran, just, uh, I won't say it as well as she did, but just to, just to sum up, um, if you're watching, Sam, uh, Sam, Fran, I promise I know your name. <laughs> New name, we're making it up as we go. Fran says that the second one is really challenging. The Rabbi Alnu is so challenging, and she disagrees, which I love a good disagreement, um, with it for personal grief. That personal grief is not something where it happens in a moment, and then that's it. You're done, and it can't be prevented, whereas something like Tisha B'Av, maybe with our individual acts of, of not doing Sinat Sinam, and I would, I would push and say with, with what we call... Um, 
with 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 baseless love we can maybe change that and and grief personal grief is part of life so I'm going to move forward. Oh, oh, all of a sudden there were so many hands. There's a lot of Bueller and then no one. Yeah, Robbie Parrott, do you want to? Yeah, I love that, the vulnerability of grief. Like, I love, I'm going to try to hang on to that phrase. Um, but really, Robbie Parrott is talking about putting these two together and saying that when when you let the walls come down and you're emotionally vulnerable, that is when the that is when the renewal can start to happen, when you sit and you have those feelings. And I will just say that I did not plant her, so if I say the same thing later and that's my point, she had no idea. Um, so do you want to add something, Tom? Yeah, so I really like that. So Tom's pointing out that there's two different types of grief, that a death is sort of immediate and then you need space, and then and then a yard site, which is what Tisha B'Av is, that is where you get the buildup and you know it's coming and you're feeling it and you're feeling it and you're getting there, and then, and as Robert Greenberg says, it's the culmination, and then you need that sort of release after um so i'm gonna move forward this so we're now into this period um if you haven't read this is real and you're completely unprepared i highly recommend it find the spark notes but his point that i love is that he really draws the line from tisha b'av straight through the rosh hashanah um and i think for me growing up and i think for many of us we think about when we say it's time for owl what is it time for it's time for repentance it's time for tshuva it's time to say sorry but I think this is telling us, and this arc from Tisha B'Av to Rosh Hashanah is telling us that there's something more than that. That it's not just, okay, we're fine, like Tisha B'Av's done, like start apologizing now. Like there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, so if you look the next, so we have these, um, right now we started this morning with Shabbat Nachamu, with the Haftarot of Consolation. Um, we have seven of them. We read the first today, and we'll go all the way up until right before um, Rosh Hashanah. And I brought two halachic texts on it that I thought were so interesting. Um, so this is from Sefer Haman Hig, and just to quickly summarize it, um, you can read it if you want the specifics. It names out all the have to wrote. Um, but it says, what I really love, I'll read it, from Bereshit until the 17th of Tammuz, the Torah follows the Parsha. And from then onwards, according to the dates and the events, there are three Haftorah, Haftorot of rebuke and then seven of consolation. So for, a, for four-fifths approximately of our year, we follow the Parsha. We say the Haftorah is to remind us of the Parsha, to think about what we learned. And then as we come into the end, what could be, what in, what in especially now in Sefer Dvarim, is the recap, what could be the end of our year, instead of saying, let's remember it, we say, hang on. There's something more important than this. That consolation is more important, maybe, than remembering what the Torah is telling us, that it's a partner together, that it's not just, it's not just business as usual. And then the next one from Kizr Shulchan Aruch, which I, there are sources from the Shulchan Aruch, but they're much longer. Thankfully, we have Kizr Shulchan Aruch, but you can look it up if you would like. Um, I'm just going to read the part that's bolded in English. The Hebrew is also there if you would like it. If Rosh Chodesh Elul occurs on Sunday, the, so backing up for a second, we have certain special Haftarot based on the calendar. What two that we read often are Shabbat Rosh Chodesh and Shabbat Machar Chodesh. So when it falls on a Sunday, we read Machar Chodesh. Um, normally we would. Um, and so this is saying if Rosh Chodesh Elul occurs on Sunday, the Haftorah Machar Chodesh is set aside because it contains no consolation for Jerusalem. So this this thing that doesn't, Rosh Chodesh comes 
comes 11, comes every month, comes all these times a year, but it doesn't come so often. It's not a Haftarah read every week. And even in that, there's no consolation. Jerusalem, the people, Israel don't get what they need. And so the rabbis say, no, we're going to skip it this time. We're going to read this Haftarah of consolation. And in a little bit, it's interesting, though, because on Rosh Chodesh, the one we read does include consolation. It comes from the end of Isaiah, which, depending on how you've studied it, it might be second Isaiah, maybe third Isaiah, you know, never know. Um, but, but that contains, I did pay attention to that class, um, but that contains comfort, and so it's okay, and that one we can read. Um, and so I think that is so interesting that Elul is this month where we're striving for perfection, we're looking, we are coming into this accounting to accounting for our souls. And maybe this is the month you would think we have to be medak we have to be perfect. We have to get every little thing right. And we have to do it exactly in this way. And our tradition tells us, no, comfort is more important. And I think that says something. So... I found, I'm, I have a well-curated Twitter. I will fully admit I spend way too much time on Twitter. Um, but it generally doesn't make me particularly angry. But I found this tweet came through, came across, and I thought it was incredible. Are we too quick to accept our Nachamu Ami? It's, this is the longest it could be. We had a whole six days to sit in it, and Shabbat came, and that was it. We move, we so quickly move out of Tisha B'Av and into regular life. And so I want to ask the question, what else can this space be? What is this arc? What is the arc of these Haftorot? What is it asking us? What is it telling us? I would say even stronger, what does this moment demand of us? And what have these sources taught us? Rabbi Schatz. Great. So Rabbi Schatz disagrees with me, which is great. And I, I will... Oh, disagree with the text. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> great. And Rabbi Hertz disagrees with Rabbi Schatz, who disagrees with the text. Chad gadya, chad gadya. Um, and, but I just to summarize if you... Did, we're having a lot of fun here. This is, this is what's happening today. Um, but her point, which I really... I won't be able to summarize the whole point well enough, but what I really like is this ebb and flow that you can feel things during the week and then Shabbat comes with the Haftar of Consolation as the reminder and that care and that warm hug that you might need, which I really, I really like that. Kaylee. Yeah, so Kaylee is saying we start with Nachamu, that similar, I think, in a similar vein to Rabbi Schatz, we start with Nachamu and then we have seven that we don't finish there. Joel. Right, so I like that. So what Joel is saying is that really Tisha B'Av, I think a little bit similar to what Rabbi Greenberg is saying, that it, it, we go through the three weeks and the nine days and it's this buildup and we, and we deserve it. We've done this morning, we've put in the hard work and we deserve comfort and I love that. Um, I just want to keep an eye on the time so I want to keep moving a little bit. Um, so I want to, to take a little bit, we're going to look forward by looking back a little bit um, we have in Hebrew, which we said tonight as we put the Torah away, Hashivenu Adonai Elecha Vinashuva Chadish Yaminu Kekedem. Return us, God, to you. Renew our days of old, as of old. 
This is the last, this is the second to last line of Eicha that we read on Tisha B'Av. We read one more line and then we repeat it again to end on a positive note. And we add it in our Torah service. And I just, what is this? What does this line feel for you? What is this? What does this say to you in this context, in this moment, maybe in general, but really focusing in as we enter this time? Does it hit any particular notes, Cheva? I love that. So Cheva is saying that that this that this renew them comes from this process that we do we walk through this process and this grief and we are comforted and we are renewed in a new way and we find something new and that is the renewal of this. Um, I love that. I I really found I really find this challenging, especially when thinking about grief, both of collective grief even not not to make it too much about like this moment in our lives but as i i come back to it every time dr rothblum saying we're no longer 2019 people like uh, we are not 2019 people anymore and what does that look like and what does it look individually like what it, we are never the same after we lose a parent a sibling a grandparent god forbid a child we're not the same people and i found with thanks to rabbi matt shapiro this quote from rabbi rob scheinberg a wonderful rabbi in our day and he says it means renew our lives as you renewed our lives after we were exiled from the garden of eden chadesh yamenu kekhedim is then not a plea for restoration of a formerly perfect condition but rather it is a plea for resilience, a plea for the ability to renew ourselves after future crises and dislocations, just as our lives have been renewed before. As Elie Wiesel said, God gave Adam a secret, and that secret was not how to begin, but how to begin again. We've talked about grief and grieving and consolation and how do we find it, but the question for me always is, so what? What do we do with this? I think for me, what I love so much about this arc of Tisha B'Av and seven weeks into Rosh Hashanah is that it's we end with Rosh Hashanah. It's happening in tandem with tshuva. And so often we talk about tshuva as repentance, but I myself have been trying to ask myself about tshuva as return of what are we returning to and who are we returning to and what I love about Rosh Hashanah is it gives us the opportunity to hit that big red button and just say, we're done. That's it. It comes and the year is over. And we have to put in the work to get there. But then once we put in the work, we hit the button and we get to be that new person. We get to give ourselves permission to stop being who we were last year. And I don't know. Oh, sorry. So we get that and we get to close the door on our year. And we also a little bit get to close the door on loss. We see from this, we close the door on our communal loss, that in seven weeks, we get to say, okay, Tisha B'Av, okay, consolation. It was great. See you later. And I think this is also a lesson for our own personal grief. And that number might not be seven weeks. I don't know what it is. This is my first time doing this. I'll let you know when I figure it out. But it's permission to give ourselves space to find comfort in friends and community and the rituals that Judaism offers us. And I think it's also permission to hit that big red button and to say, I've done the work and I've done the process and it's not a dishonor and it's okay to walk in the world in a new and different way. And that person that we're grieving, the thing we're grieving, 
whatever it is, it's still part of us. Tisha B'Av and the destruction of the temple is always with us. We don't forget it because Rosh Hashanah comes, but I really think that it is a reminder of ourselves in personal grief to let ourselves start over and say, I am now renewed. I am a new person because of these experiences and I can move forward in a new way. And so I hope that this, I hope this brings everyone comfort collectively and individually wherever you're at in communal and individual grief. And you all have a lovely uh, season of tshuva, whatever that means to you. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.